It's time for the Luca Rosano Show. Here's your host, Luca Rosano. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Luca Rosano Show presented by Dave and Busters. This week's guest, I'm very excited to be joined by Aaron Rose. He is the Raptors reporter for Sports Illustrated. Aaron, I love your backdrop, man. How are you doing? I'm all right. And yourself? I've been okay. I've been okay, man. How have uh, you been, you know, during these unprecedented times? How are you keeping safe and, and sane? Things have been things have been different in trying to create content without a lot of Raptors games these days and kind of an unknown offseason. We're going to talk about that today, I'm sure. But so much unknown going forward um, other than the draft is a little weird. Um, but trying to produce great Raptors content is, is sort of what we do. That's awesome. First, I want to talk about... Uh, your start and uh, your current gig with Sports Illustrated. How did that come to fruition? I was actually, I was used to live in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, a small town in North East Wisconsin, no, Northwest Wisconsin. Um, and I, I moved to Toronto. I actually signed my contract with Sports Illustrated a few hours before that jazz Oklahoma City Thunder game, right? That was the game. Um, and I'm not sure if they would have honored that contract or stuck with it or still wanted me had they known um, that the NBA was going to shut down for however long it was, what's five months, something like that. So I, I'm thankful that they held on to me um, and I moved home right when the pandemic was hitting, kind of f- drove right out of there, fearing the borders were going to close down. Um, you know, on that kind of March week, we really had no idea what was going to happen. But mm-hmm. I, luckily, I got back home to Toronto. My family lives here. My girlfriend's here. Um, and started covering the Raptors in a time where there wasn't a lot of content, and and finally we, we got basketball back, and the Raptors had a great playoff run. Um, probably didn't end the way Raptors fans had hoped, um, but it was very, very exciting, and now back to producing content, as I said before, in a, in a bit of an unknown. Yeah, and I came across your work, I would say, a couple months ago, and I was very impressed with the work that you've uh, done, and your name started popping up more and more and more, so I'm like, yeah, I gotta check out this Aaron Rose guy, see what he's all about, and Obviously, you know, more Raptors fans are starting to get into what you do. So uh, I do want to say uh, your work has been impressive, which is a, a big reason why I, uh, I wanted to reach out and get you on the show. So I appreciate your time. Uh, Aaron, let's talk about the offseason. So Mark Stein tweeted out that some teams are preparing uh, for NBA free agency to begin as early as November 20th or 21st, uh, about 48 to 72 hours after the draft, if the plan to start next season on December 22nd goes ahead. So let's just use that timetable, for example, here. Uh, let's talk about some unrestricted free agents for this Toronto Raptors team. Let's first start you know, with Gasol and then go into Ibaka, Van Vliet, and Rondé. What do you ultimately see happening with those four players? Well, I think with the relatively soon start of the season, there's a big question with Marc Gasol. Uh, we saw it last year when he was coming off the deep playoff run or two years ago, depending on how you look at it, through the NBA Finals, the Raptors obviously winning, and then he went over and played in Spain um, in the FIBA World Cup, and he he wasn't right to start this season. So with his advanced age um, in the basketball world, you have to be concerned that he's going to be 100% ready to start next season, but he's certainly a guy that I think I know Raptors fans soured on him a little bit in the playoffs. He didn't look his best, but I think he's a guy that can still provide valuable minutes he's obviously great against big bigs guys like Joel Embiid who the Raptors are going to have to see multiple times in the regular season and potentially in the playoffs and he certainly fits a need for Toronto um, who might have to look at at other positions in the draft so he's a guy that I think Raptors fans should want back on a one-year deal he's a guy that might be 
Um, you might be happy to take a one-year deal. I'm sure we're going to talk about keeping cap space open down the road for someone, some big free agent that might be out there down <laughs> the road. So uh, getting Marcus all back on a one-year deal is certainly something the Raptors should be interested in. That's very interesting because, as you know, the Raptors fan base, they kind of uh, wanted to see Marcus all gone, especially after this past postseason. But I agree with you. I think there's still a spot uh, for Mark on this team, especially if the deal and the money is right. Uh, let's move now to Serge Ibaka. That's a big man I would love to have back. But, of course, it's going to come down to money. What do you see happening with Serge? Well, Doug Smith wrote about this a little while ago, and he wrote about the golden handshake. And I don't know if that's necessarily something that Serge Ibaka would be open to, but if he is, it's something the Raptors should certainly consider. And he talked about maybe offering Ibaka a one-year $28 million deal, really going above and beyond what he would probably get on an on a multi-year deal. You know, he wouldn't get $28 million on, on a two- or three-year deal, average annual value. But if you could convince him to stay in Toronto, where he's loved by the fans, he has a great fan base, you know, all his, his YouTube shows, his Instagram shows, he's, he's a fun guy to be around. I'm sure fans love him, and I'm sure the team loves him. So if they could bring him back on a one-year deal, that's certainly something that Toronto should consider. The problem is he's coming off one of the best years of his career. He's a guy that can stretch the floor, and other teams are going to be interested in his services. Yeah. Uh, we still don't know the cap situation for next season and beyond, which is something this NBA still needs to figure out. If it's a depressed year um, or something similar to what it was last year, then maybe the Raptors can hang on to him, and maybe he can reset his market value in 2021. So that would be a reason that he might be open to signing a one-year deal. But he is getting older. He might want to cash in on a multi-year contract. And that's something Toronto might want to try and avoid. As, as I said, as we're going to talk about uh, 2021, keeping cap space open. The Raptors are, are really in tough keeping that cap space open and signing Ibaka. And I'm sure Fred Van Vliet is certainly going to have a multi-year deal. So keeping all those options open, um, keeping Ibaka might be tough past one season. Do you uh, see Van Vliet and the Raptors coming to terms on a deal? Uh, obviously, Masai Ujiri has said that Fred has been, you know, is going to be their top priority. Uh, do you ultimately see Fred being back? And, and what can that deal look like? So uh, Masai Ujiri did call Fred Van Vliet a big priority. He also called the other two centers, uh, bringing them back priorities. I think the Raptors need Fred Van Vliet back. He, was, he showed that he can be a half-court creator, um, at times in the playoffs, and that's something the Raptors lacked often in the playoffs and something they lacked in the regular season. They were a middle-of-the-half-court offense, although they flourished in transition. Um, Fred VanVleet's probably the best free agent on the market if we take off some of the guys that are probably going to opt into their, opt into their contracts, um, like Anthony Davis. But teams are certainly cer certainly going to be making calls on Fred VanVleet. Um, Phoenix has been reportedly interested. Detroit, there's rumors that he, they're interested. The Knicks are a team that's been tied to him. And the problem is, as we talked about, getting into that contract past the first year. Um, anything more than $20 million a year is going to be pretty dicey for the Raptors, but I think it's they're going to have to go above that. I'm thinking yeah. if the Raptors can get him on like $22 million a year on a four-year contract, so $88 million a year, that's something where they can create some wiggle room. It's going to come down to other things that they can do. Maybe they have to trade away Norm Powell, something I don't think the Raptors would want to do. Um, but he has a player option for 2021 worth, I think, $10 million or $11 million. And having him opt into that um, might be problematic for the Raptors next offseason. So um, they might have to clear up some cap space to sign Fred Van Vliet. But I think um, with Kyle Lowry's advanced age, although, you know, he's never going to stop playing well, or at least he has no signs of slowing down. And with the unfortunate news related to Terrence Davis that came out recently, 
Um, the Raptors are certainly in a position where they can't afford to lose Fred Van Vliet. What about uh, Ron Dehollis Jefferson kind of rounding off uh, the unrestricted free agents? Would you like to see him back? I think the Raptors have a lot of depth at the wing position um, with Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. Um, I think if they can get him back on a, on a short deal, on a one-year deal, um, not for very much money, it's something the Raptors should be open to. He was great defensively and very versatile. He's one of the most versatile defensive players in the NBA, um, but he's very um, restricted offensively. Um, he cannot score from anywhere outside the paint, essentially. Um, and if the Raptors are going to try and bring back their, their two better bigs, Gasol and Ibaka, and then also sign Fred Van Vliet, it might be tough to bring back Ronda Hellas Jefferson, especially if he wants more opportunity on another team. I agree with you uh, there, Aaron. Uh, let's switch gears now. You had mentioned it. Uh, the big news, of course, Terrence Davis uh, being arrested for allegedly assaulting his girlfriend. He's been charged on seven accounts, including assault, uh, harassment, endangering the welfare of uh, a child, and criminal mischief. What was your initial reaction to the news, Aaron? And um, do you ultimately see the Raptors cutting ties with, uh, with TD? Well, I, I woke up to the news yesterday morning, I'm sure, as most Raptors fans did. And, and it was terrible news, I feel, for the victim. Um, you know, this is not something that is acceptable by any means. And I'm sure the Raptors will. Are, are, I'm sure they're currently doing a thorough investigation and, and collecting, um, finding out what happens. I'm sure they're trying to speak to police. Um, I'm probably reaching out to the victim and, and speaking to Terrence um, to see what happens. I think, um, ultimately, it sounds like everything that happened was, was pretty heinous and, and is, as I said, not acceptable. Um, and I think the Raptors will either cut bait with him and, and just kind of remove him from, from the team. Um, I know I was covering the Blue Jays when the Roberto Osuna incident happened um, back in my MLB days. And that was, that was also tragic and, and terrible. Um, and the Raptors decided to trade him. Obviously, he was a very valuable player from a baseball perspective. Um, but he never threw another pitch for the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, and I, and that's something that maybe the Raptors would consider. I know a lot of people think he should just be cut, waved outright, and never play another game. And I understand that perspective. Um, I wonder if there's a basketball point of view that that the Raptors front office might not follow through necessarily with just cutting him outright and try and trade him maybe for a draft pick um, or whatever they can get so that he um, they, they recoup some of that value. But ultimately, um, the focus of this should be on making sure that the victim is okay and that justice is served. Well said. And uh, Aaron, you did mention the draft. Uh, the NBA draft is set for November 18th. Raptors own two picks, number 29 and number 59. Um, what do you see them doing with those picks? I know you've had a lot of articles uh, speculating this draft and what the Raptors can do and what different directions they can take. Let's first start with number 29. Uh, who are some names you can tell us about? So the Raptors have spoken to a bunch of players, and, and that doesn't mean that much because I'm sure they're talking to all sorts of guys. Um, that's a position where originally I thought they might try and go for a big with their two aging centers. And then obviously with the draft before free agency, something that I wish the NBA would change. Um, you don't really know what is going to happen with free agency with those bigs. So I was thinking the Raptors should go that way. Um, but with the Terrence Davis news um, and with uncertainty related to Fred VanVleet, it might be smarter for Toronto to go for a guard there. Um, and that's a that's an area of the draft where I think there are a lot of guards. Um, Dan Tolzman, the Raptors assistant general manager, said he thinks it's a very balanced draft with a lot of uh, role players um, who are going to be kind of around that pick. And they have a lot of different options. Um, they've spoke to Tyrell Terry out of Stanford. The Raptors have. Um, he's a great shooter and someone I think I'm interested in the Raptors going after. He could take some time to develop. He's very young. 
Um, but the Raptors are a great developmental program. Um, have have a great one in place, and he's a guy that could flourish in Toronto potentially. Um, Desmond Bain is another name out there. He's a little different, not as strong a shooter, but he can kind of do it all in a way that other guys can. He's a bit bigger, maybe a two or a three. Um, Isaiah Joe out of Arkansas is another great player. He he shoots the lights out from deep. He was injured last year, and it was a little up and down. You could certainly tell when he had his leg injury that he was not the same, but when you look at when he's healthy, he can certainly score. And the last one I have is Elijah Hughes out of Syracuse. And now, Elijah Hughes is someone who the defenses are con- or teams are concerned about his defense because he plays on Syracuse, and they run a zone defense, and you can't really tell if a guy can play man-to-man, which is more of the way the NBA is played, although the Raptors do play a lot of zone. Um, but... He showed he can score a lot. He averaged 19 points last season after transferring into Syracuse. And he's someone um, who some teams think could be a second rounder, but I, I think he might go at the end of the first round. And if the Raptors have an, their eye on a guy like that and think he can play defense, he'd be a guy to keep an eye on for Raptors fans. Aaron Rose here on the Luca Rosano Show. Aaron, let's talk about that uh, number 59 pick. What's uh, Who's a, a hidden gem that the Raptors can uh, potentially target with that pick? Well, the guys I'm looking at there are a couple of Canadians. Um, this is not a very good draft from the Canadian point of view. Um, there aren't many Canadians who are, are projected to get drafted, if any. But Nate Darling is a name from Halifax to, to keep an eye on. He, he can shoot the lights out. He, he's from Delaware. He played his last season at Delaware. And he's a, he basically was their entire offense. And teams had to really key on him and, and stop him from scoring. And he was still able to get his shot off. Now, if he came to Toronto, he defenses wouldn't be keying on him. He could stand in the corner, he could catch and shoot threes, and he can nail those at a high percentage. So that's the guy that's got some upside that if if the Raptors wanted to go after him in the second round, that makes sense. Um, and the other one is Isaiah Mike out of SMU. He's actually playing this year in Germany. Um, the Raptors have spoken to both the Canadians. He's playing this year in Germany, as I said, and he would be an international stash. It's a little strange that he is an international stash from Canada who played <laughs> last season um, in the NCAA with SMU. But he's a, he's a big who can who can he's very versatile he's very athletic. There's some development certainly that needs to be um, gotten out of him. But he's with that international stash. The Raptors can save some cap space and potentially bring him over in 2021, which would be very beneficial for him, for the Raptors too. Aaron, beyond the draft and going into free agency after you know the bigger names on this team are taken care of, those questions are answered. What other moves do you see the Raptors potentially making? I mean, it's not a very deep free agency class by any means, but are there a couple of names under the radar names that you could see the Raptors go out and get? Well, maybe not to answer your question directly, but I think the biggest name that Raptors fans want to sign is Masai Ujiri. Um, He's (laughs) not under contract down the road. He's under contract for this season. But I think if we are going to rank what the biggest priorities are for the Raptors this offseason, that is number one, and it's not even close. Before anything else happens this offseason, Masai Ujiri probably needs a lifetime contract. Um, that's the biggest concern. And as long as Masai Ujiri is running the show, um, and Bobby Webster also needs a contract, but as long as those two are at the top, uh, running, manning the ship, then every Raptors fan should be calm, collected, and, and no worries. So whatever they do, um, Raptors fans should feel confident that it's probably going to be successful. Um, so that is something I definitely wanted to mention because those guys are guys who need contracts, Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri down the road. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a very good point. Um, other than that, I think... My best case scenario for the Raptors is is being able to run it back with all of those guys, the guys we mentioned. Get Fred Van Vliet back. Get uh, Marcus Saul back. Get Serge Ibaka back. And try and stay below the luxury tax. They're going to have to go over the, the cap 
stay below the luxury tax on one-year deals with the exception of Fred Van Vliet, saving cap space for 2021 and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, we'll find out pretty soon if Giannis is going to sign his max contract extension um, with the Milwaukee Bucks, which he can do this offseason whenever the offseason is officially starting. If he does that, the Raptors are going to have to pivot. Um, and, and that's a scenario where you could see Serge Ibaka signed to a longer-term deal or the Raptors try and go after some free agents. Um, but assuming he doesn't do that, and I don't think he will, that's not any reporting. That's just from you know listening to what other people have reported and, and using some common sense. I don't really understand the benefit for him signing uh, a long-term deal when he can you know, hold the cards for another year and, and see what happens down the road. So with him not signing that extension with the Bucs, I would see the Raptors try and do whatever they can to keep cap space open for 2021 and signing guys. Aaron Baines is a guy who's out there. Yeah. The Raptors strike out on their two bigs. Aaron Baines, maybe on a one-year deal, not a lot of money. He's a guy that can stretch the floor. He shot last season about 35% from three-point range. And I know Nick Nurse loves having guys who can space the floor. He really enjoyed having Marcus Saul answer Jabaka, who could shoot from behind the three-point range, even though Mark did do it so well in the playoffs. But just that threat is something that allows everyone to sort of flourish inside the paint because you have defenses having to respect guys so far outside the paint. Yeah, I did a video uh, this past week looking at potential targets for the Raptors, and Aaron Baines was a guy that uh, I was keying on. So we'll see if that, in fact, comes to fruition. Um, so I think ultimately we do think it's going to be a relatively quiet offseason for the Raptors from the perspective that they're not going to go out and get a big-time name. Obviously, Harold's name has been come up a ton in a bunch of rumors. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? Do you think that uh, has any legs? I would say there, there was a picture of him in a, in a Maple Leafs jersey from a little while ago. And, and when that rumor was circulating that the Raptors were going to move to Louisville next season, which sounds like it's, it's certainly not happening, um, but he has ties to Louisville from his college days. Um, but I think he's probably going to command a multi-year deal. And as we talked about, that doesn't right now uh, with Giannis unsigned for 2021 doesn't make a lot of sense for the Raptors to do that. Um, so I don't see them going in that way. I don't see them going in that direction and trying to pursue guys. But let's be honest, the biggest free agent on this market this year is Fred Van Vliet. He is. And he's, he's a guy that just played for the Raptors. So um, when this season is up, he officially becomes a free agent that any team can get. And the Raptors you know, are probably going to get the biggest free agent on the market. So let's not discount that. that there's still a guy that's highly valued, and the Raptors are probably going to sign him. And I think you would agree with me, Aaron, that a perfect offseason for the Raptors would look like getting those guys back, getting Masai back, and again, keeping cap open for next offseason if Giannis Antetokounmpo is in fact a free agent. Um, I mean, I got to ask you about it because obviously Raptors fans love to talk about it. If Giannis is on the table and the Raptors have the money come next offseason, what's the likelihood that we could see Giannis come to Toronto? I, I, there's no reporting here and, and, and I can't put a percentage on it. All I can say is that the Raptors are in a great situation. I think it makes sense for him to come to Toronto from a team construct uh, situation. I think he would be great. The defense with beside Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi, as I've said, the limbs on that team trying to make passes in the passing lanes with those guys um, would be incredible. And the Raptors um, are a great transition team on their own right now without Giannis Antetokounmpo and he's at his best when he's running in transition. So I think playing in the Raptors system would be incredible. Um, Miami, it's hard to make a case against them. They have great three point shooters, something that Giannis should be surrounded by. And they're a team that just went to the NBA finals. So 
Um, that would make a lot of sense for him. It's a little bit warmer in Miami than Toronto. I'm sure you know that. Um, <laughs> so he might be interested in that, but he has ties to Masai Ujiri. Masai Ujiri's family brought his family out of Nigeria into Greece or helped with that immigration process. So that is certainly something. I don't know if there's any IOU, you owe me, but uh, I'm sure Masai has maybe behind doors spoken to other people and, and might have might know a little bit about the situation of what Giannis is going through this offseason and potentially next offseason. I think if Masai Ujiri is clearing cap space for 2021, he probably has a good feeling that it's possible or at least more possible than it's been with any free agent, big name free agents in Raptors history. One thing is for sure, the possibility of it happening makes for great content, especially here on YouTube. Uh, Aaron Rose Raptors reporter for Sports Illustrated. Thank you so much, man. Again, I've been following your work for the last couple of months. Impressed to say the least. And I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day and joining me on the show. I really appreciate it and hopefully could do it again sometime soon. Sure, anytime. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Aaron.